Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I am here with a guest, my boy Ryan, aka Sway, aka Sway Reporting Live. Say what's up to the people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Sway Reporting Live in the building. Uh, always a fan of you. Uh, your Fast Break Lip Podcast. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, so let's let's get into some NBA talk, some NBA um discussions. Um, so we got the play as of as of where we're recording right now. We are recording at halftime during the Wizards Pacers play-in game for eighth. The Wizards are up pretty big right now, so we will get into that in a bit as well as the other playing games. But before that, I do want to talk about the. I want to talk about the awards that got announced, at least the finalists for each award. Um, so let's 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 start from let, let's just let's just start with the the big one first. So MVP, of course, top three finalists. We got Steph Curry, we got Joel Embiid, and we got Jokic. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling about those three? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of surprised Steph is in this finalist list because I thought they would at least value. Chris Paul's emergence from the Suns being what out of the playoffs with about 19 games last season or something like that or 20 something. And then now being second in the West, I thought they would at least honor that, but I guess Steph's 30 point, 32 point average just, just swung the media. That's, that's all I can say about it. I I'm, I'm good with Jokic. He's there for a reason. All 82 mm-hmm. or all 72 at least. And with the numbers and impact without his second best player, Joel Embiid, we knew he was a staple since the beginning of the year. Um, his play, I, I know you've seen it, but his play is just different. There's a yeah. lot, no more jump shots, and that's kind of what we were begging him to do. Not be like Shaq, but be a, a nice mixture of just dominant inside, dominant outside when they really want to clog the paint. But the surprise for me is Steph. He's deserving of the recognition, but to be in a finalist over CP, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know about that one. What I what I will say about Steph is the Warriors, they are 38 and 26 when he plays. And when he sits there one and seven. So I think that may have a huge um impact on the voters' decisions. No doubt. Um and like we, we we've seen when when like he really turns it on, like especially that that last game of the season against Memphis, like Definitely. He yeah, just turned it on and it was over for Memphis. Like there was there was nothing that they could do about it. So I think like like having those signature moments, I think really fuels your MVP campaign. Like Jokic has had a dominant year all year, like you said. Um, same with Embiid, but you know, Embiid missed some games, so that's why he kind of like fell out fell out the lead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having those signature moments, I think, is really something that really factors in. And Steph has had a lot of key moments this year with the the i forgot what was it like 11 straight of like 30 plus or something like that or where yeah. he was on like a tear yeah that like was one signature moment he had the 62 point game earlier this season um, watching that one yeah like he's just had a whole bunch of moments that have been like staples and a lot of people say you know he's he's the eighth seed or whatever but you know you could also look back to to Westbrook's year when he was I, I forgot what seed he was I think he was it was sixth, um, though, bro he was he was the sixth he was sixth and like the 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 reasoning at the time was he's doing something historic 
And I guess you could say the same thing for Steph, too, because, you know, like, scoring champ and, like, he's doing all this crazy stuff, all these crazy records he's been breaking. So I, I, I see it as justification for that. With, with, with CP, for me, it's... For me, he's not the sole reason for the for for um Phoenix's success. True, but I mean, if you look at it though, not to cut you, but when you look at it, yeah. Uh, before CP, and of course, that's the that's the uh, cliche thing. What was he? But what were they before him? Um, what were their record? Look where he's brought them from. Mm-hmm. But it's also a fact that uh, Devin Booker was in need of somebody to take the pressure off. As much as we love Devin Booker, his ability to score the rock off the dribble um it's it's we we knew that it was like all right the suns need something and it is it clearly seems like it's a point guard rookie rubio was there at the time and they thought that would have been a point guard impact to distribute the ball and run offense but that didn't work out primarily and then of course it's the rise of uh mikhail bridges and um the young guys that they got down there but i just feel like without cp's leadership not even just play on the floor because the guys just look, they have a different attitude. They believe they can really win after being almost worse in the West. And then now um, piggybacking off of that. Yeah, they had a great uh, bubble show and they went undefeated, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, they had a great bubble performance. So you, there was something there for before CP got there. But if anybody, if anybody is not shocked by them being top two seed in the West, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Well, for me with with the with the Suns, I I feel like there's like so many factors that go into their success besides Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul is obviously a huge factor in that, as well as Monty Williams, who could end up being the the coach yeah, of the year. Pick. I'm not gonna lie, yeah, that's my pick too. I'm not gonna lie to you. So like, and then like you also got to take into factor like last year, if you look at their record when Aiton was not suspended and they had their fully healthy roster. They was on track to be like a seventh or eighth seed. So, like, playoffs wasn't out of the question with them last year. So, uh, yeah, that's a great point because I, I didn't even remember how how many games was he suspended by? I think it was like twenty five. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I I, I I vaguely remember that now that you bring that up, but I remember they did do that. And I, then Ubre missed a lot of time last year, even though he's like, he's not really a player. Like as you can see with Golden State, they've been playing better without him. So like. I can't even bring Uber into this, but like he was still a main factor for their team last year, averaging 18 points well, per sure. game. There's, there's a reason why Golden State brought him on the team because they saw what he did last year and it was like, okay, with with Clay not being there and of course Kevin Durant leaving, you know that that could be a promising promising little uh, tool to their to their arsenal. Yeah, so like all those factors and like just the overall improvement of Macau Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, you got the emergence of Cameron Payne, who is has been one of the like one of the best back backup point guards in the league this year. So yeah, I think he, all those factors, they the, those things kind of diminish CP3's impact, and that's why he didn't get as much like MVP votes. But I think he'll still be like a top, maybe top five. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've taken, I've taken a look at some ballots because you know they they have the they have the, the Google spreadsheet with all the 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 yeah. votes tracked. So mm-hmm. like I haven't seen Chris Paul in the top five. I've seen a lot of Dame. I've seen a lot of Giannis. I've seen some even Julius Randle. So you know, it's it's a weird year. So the ballots is gonna be tough. Yeah, it's a weird year all around for sure. Yeah. Uh, so do you? No, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was thinking you wanted to. Uh, did you want to 
did you want my opinion on who you think I would, would win it or you just want oh, to yeah, definitely. talk about? Uh, I mean, so damn, because this is a real discussion <laughs> um, for everybody has a has a has a has a legit discussion of probably why they should win MVP. But with my gut, I'm not going to lie. I believe Embiid is going to get it just off of there's a change in. I believe media looks at also a change in a player's game along with where the team is at. Um, Jokic, he's held a fort for all 82 and not any superbar superstar in this league. I don't think any legit superstar in this league right now has played all 82 or all 72. If I'm correct, you can probably check. Yeah. Me on he's that. the only legit star that's played all 72. Yeah. So there, that's a big factor. Corona or not your ability to stay healthy physically and of course uh respiratory for the corona stuff is just like okay i have to give you a nod to that but i don't know man i i'm my when i judge players and i look at numbers because some people say numbers numbers lie in certain cases but numbers numbers also equal impact and how much of your how much of an impact do your numbers uh show and i think joel Embiid impact on the floor plus numbers is what might just get him this uh mvp games missed or not he he's changed this is not this is not the same Joel Embiid we've seen in prior seasons and I think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna um, put him over the top well I've taken a look at the Google spreadsheet of all the the votes and it's looking like Jokic might be unanimous right at this point because unanimous he's yeah, he's got all the first place votes right now from everyone in the media that's ha- that has a vote that's revealed their vote so far. Hmm. They respect yeah, it, 22. I'm not even going to lie. They are. And yeah, I mean, it's weird because this year a lot of people have missed a lot of time, but I guess they're really considering that, but like in those in those time to- in in that time that those all those guys have missed, like all the MVP candidates have missed a significant amount of time. Yeah, all um, twenty games. But like, but yeah, like with Jokic, him being able to like firmly dominate and still keep this team in a relatively good position with like all the injuries that they've gone through because like Denver has gone through a lot of injuries besides Jamal Murray, even before the, yeah. the 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 Aaron Gordon trade, Gary Harris and Will Barton were out a whole bunch. As of Don't recently, you think Gary Harris might just what, have what, to go. Yeah, he had to go. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't blame them for that trade. I, I like that trade for them. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he was he was injury prone. So, but um, yeah, I just think that Jokic holding on the fort while he's been missing a lot of his key guys just like also really factored into it. Uh, yeah, because I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Jokic is literally they're they're running their offense like they played through him for him yep. to score and pass out the post, uh, top of the key, wherever spot he is on the court. Once they give him the ball, he has options, and he's low key developing. Like that system is not just a Denver system. Like you can't just say you put any player in there and that works. I believe it's yeah. really all Jokic system. Whatever he sees on the court, different calculations, whatever you want to call it. He might be one of those players that might just um, be recognized for their IQ because I don't think that gets talked about enough. They always talk about his speed and his lack of defense or his ability to move up and down the court. But 
his IQ is is starting to be unmatched on the offensive end, the way mm-hmm. he can pick apart players or the way he's beginning to pick apart players with the pass or the shot. So I'm not I'm not gonna I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if Jokic won it because the the stats and the 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 the, the film shows it. But I just feel, you know, impact wise, Joel Embiid has had a bigger impact for the 76ers in them trying to get over the hump in the East that they're trying to do. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, I had Embiid as, as my candidate before he missed all those games. So I, I, I was pissed when he when he got hurt. So because he was my pick initially, because I saw that he had the number one seed in the East and he was like dominating at a crazy level. But like those games missed really killed him. Um, let's, let's move on to, um, the finalists for rookie of the year. I think it's, um, the obvious three. <laughs> yeah, the obvious three. I mean, at a, at a point, my boy Emmanuel quickly wasn't, was, 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 was going to be in this top three, but he had like a little slump. So, you know, Black, and he, he, he had a little three, one, two, one, two, you know? Yeah. Regular. Yeah. So we got LaMelo, we got Anthony Edwards and we got Tyrese Halliburton. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just for, if you want to start with me, the, the obvious, these are the obvious three James mm-hmm. wise. Once he had those couple injuries and he was done for the season, he was not making this cut. Uh, there's a guy on the Pistons shout him out. I forgot his, forgot his name. Sorry. Sadiq Bay. Yeah. He's, I, I like him. He's cool. But of course the way the Detroit Pistons are, he's not going to get that much recognition, but in terms mm-hmm. of skill. And of course, when it comes to rookie of the year, you kind of have to have hype with it. I believe there's a part of that. Um, I said this before on my podcast, no matter what, even if LaMelo didn't play for the rest of the year, I think he kind of solidified it. And the fact that he was able to come back, yeah, they just got smoked the other day, but uh, LaMelo got that for me. He was doing things a rookie shouldn't do, just Mm -hmm. over the fact that pacing, flow, your ability to stretch the floor already coming into the NBA, your ability to just went, went... like there's a way when he gets in the game and he starts running up and down as a young guy he is, you just see all the other young players, of course, on Charlotte gravitate towards him. You see the offense just moves a little bit more fluid um, than Terry Rozier running the point because, you know, Terry Rozier can, you know, be a chuck at times. So, yeah, uh, the offense just looks better with LaMelo. Anthony Edwards, um, he's just he's a highlight reel. Uh and I I slept on his three point shot initially, but over the he last can shoot that thing over the last twenty or so games, maybe maybe even since the All Star break or the All Star game, he's just been lighting it from three, and that probably propelled him higher in some people's votes. But I got Lamelo just because he his his immediate I'm in the game, and plus he wasn't even getting that much minutes before. Like he wasn't even starting. Anthony Edwards had the privilege just to come in and just just go through the go through the masses. But I got Lamelo. Um, hype, of course. He's a ball brother. Everybody's gonna be tuned in, and he he backs it up. The kid backs it up, and he without that wrist injury, I believe we would have saw something more historic. Just the way he's been able to impact the Charlotte Hornets. Tyrese Halliburton. The Kings had a very disappointing year this year. I don't know about what your expectations As usual. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Sacramento with that whole uh, Marvin Bagley and, and DeAndre, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Gill. It's I don't just know a mess. On. Yeah, but they seem like they can't get consistent Ws together. Tyrese Halliburton in the beginning of the season 
was was making a name for himself. Like this is, I guess, this is why he's third. Because I mean, since All Star break, you didn't really hear much from the Kings. Maybe because they weren't on TV, or we just couldn't have the privilege of watching it without League Pass. But I respect him enough for him to accept being in the top three. Uh, but Lamelo's my guy. Yeah, I don't have such a strong opinion on Rookie of the Year because, you know, I, I, I tuned in to, like, Charlotte games when he played a little bit for LaMelo. With with Anthony Edwards, I just couldn't bring myself to watch the Timberwolves play basketball. Like <laughs> That's a fact. I, I, I just couldn't. So, like, whatever I caught of him, I caught on the timeline. Um, Occasional games maybe here or there, if I, like, saw on the timeline that people was tweeting about him going crazy, maybe I'd tune in just for a little bit. But... Yeah, I, I just don't have a crazy opinion on either of them. I mean, I, I can understand people voting for either one because, you know, Anthony Edwards played majority of the year Fine. and his production really increased over the last, like, three three months or so, Um, especially since the coaching change. I think um Chris Finch really got them, got all these guys in, like, better spots and has them able to, like, run an actual NBA offense instead of what Ryan Saunders was doing. So I, I think that's helped him a lot as well. So, I mean, a lot of people have, I, I mean, a lot of these awards, like even like Rookie of the Year, um, Sixth Man of the Year, like some of these awards, they, they've been decided since like the first two months of the season. So I feel like some people, they haven't let go of the LaMelo hype um, mm. from earlier in the year and they'll, they'll just like continue on with it. But like, um. Aside from the award, I don't even think LaMelo should have came back at the end of the year because, like, look at the way they season ended. They ended up being the 10th seed. They got smoked in the play-in. And... I mean, even in the play-in, I don't know if you were if you watched the whole thing. Even, like, the pregame, TNT was just showing him working out and all that. And all he was doing was just massaging his 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 wrist. And I'm yeah, like... He, I don't think he was fully ready. I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, if you if you came back, you came back just to a chance for the play-in. I respect it because, you know, you love to play basketball and people want to see you play. And, you know, that's how you Tracks. play. But... If you just if every time you don't have a basketball in your hand, you're just rotating your wrist just to get it loose and all that. I think that's a that shows sign for concern. Of course, you know this offseason he'll be able to rest it and he'll be he should be uh he should be fine come next season. But that was that was something that I looked at. I was like, whoa, okay. So is he just back to be back because he he saw that his team kept them somewhat afloat without him? But I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah, I think I think I think that's what it was. Um, I mean, good thing they did get eliminated. They'll be in the lottery. They'll be able to chance to get some more talent on their roster. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a problem with either Ant or Lamelo getting it. Everyone's got their reasons. I, I respect b- both reasons for any of those two to get it. Honestly, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of impartial on it because like this is the first time I really didn't like. This is one of the rookie of the year races I, I just really didn't pay attention to all that much. Yeah, it, this it, season has just been weird. So it's been like, it's been weird to tune into like, for me, it's been, I, I'm a huge NBA fan, but like, and I watch like a whole bunch of games, but like, if it wasn't the Knicks, I really was not tuned in all that much. Now I feel that because every other game this season, it felt like, especially before the all-star game, uh, every other game was postponed. Yeah. Player. Players were MIA because of COVID or or just they were being cautious with the COVID health and safety protocol. So it just that like this whole when it comes to awards, teams outlooks before the playoffs, you you have to just take it with a grain of 
we would say a grain of salt, but you got to take it with a with a with a grain of Corona. Like this is really the impact of what Corona did to the league, short and all season, all of that. So, hey man, th- th- I think these are what the voters are gonna think about. They're not gonna look too much into missing games because literally everybody makes miss games besides the yeah. Um. So yeah, let's get into to MIP. I think I think this one is like closed, this is, signed, yeah. sealed. Yeah, they should just <laughs> mail the trophy to my boy Julius Randall right now. This Pretty boy much. was this boy was booty juice last year, and this year he is like a borderline like MVP candidate, All NBA type forward. Like he just like I I I've run out of ways to like describe like the improvement that I've seen in him from this from last year to this year. Like, it's just like, I've never seen a jump like this before, like in any player, like legit, like he was legitimately a bad player last year. And he's like a legitimately elite player this year. It's it's ridiculous. So yeah, this is a one man finalist. They should have just, they should have just gave it to him. Just announced the award tonight. There's no point in naming the other two. I mean, Respect to Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant, but like this but, one was blown out of the water starting like three months ago. Yeah, because first of all, Michael Porter Jr., his season has been slept on, but he's definitely increased his uh confidence, his shooting ability, his shooting IQ. So And he, he boosted his minutes. Like Julius yeah. is basically doing this on minutes that he had like from but last the, year. In reference to Julius from last year, because uh like I'm a Knicks fan because I like basketball. Is my Knicks is, are the Knicks are my primary team? No, I'm not going to jack them and say this is who I like. Nah, I'm not going to ride the hype that they have. <laughs> that's that's me. That's me though. You feel me? Because I'm looking at it like, okay, I watched their games last year, and what my opinion of the team last year and maybe the year before that was like, yo, like all you guys have are forwards, and you have Julius Randle running point forward offense. Where are your guards? You have nothing but big men and forwards. But I'm like, all right, clearly D- David Fisdale or whatever had something in mind, whatever. And I'm just like, yo, like your rotation, like what Julius was doing, it, it felt forced. So this season- Super forced. It, it, so this season, it's like, okay, let's see what you have, you know, different team, different coach coming into the year, different players mid through, mid-season. And it honestly, it's the jump shot, uh, first and foremost. Water. Because the jump shot opened up everything else in his game, his ability to do different things. But yeah, once once his jump shot from three specifically was just, it's like, oh, I can I can step back now. Oh, I can pull up mid like mid contest. Like I can rise over you, and you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Like he's doing that now, and that's kind of crazy to me because (laughs) (laughs) we saw in LA the Julius Randle we saw in new orleans for that one year like he was a bruiser like yeah it was just to the rack to the rack and i'm gonna get my foul and i'm gonna get i'm gonna get to the line but this year of course this is a testament of course to the new nba you must be able to shoot the basketball yeah julius randall said all right i'm gonna I'm a be in the gym corona is uh, corona made me stay in the gym so this is what nine I'm months do. nine months of in the trenches and you know that's that's a new york thing for you you just Go in the trenches, come out a different dude. So that's why so, the city embraced him so much this year. 
So it's, yeah, it's hats off to him. This should be a unanimous vote. If somebody else voted for somebody else, bro, bro, I, it's not unanimous, bro. Chris Haynes, I don't know what's up. Chris Haynes, first of all, I saw Chris Haynes all NBA teams, and I knew this man was yeah, off I something. His, I saw his too because I follow him on the gram. <laughs> He's off something. He voted for Jeremy Grant, so Julius oh, Randle will not be a unanimous MIP. I, look, look, Jeremy Grant had a. If he was supposed to win it, it probably would have been the year before, but. But somebody who was it, Brandon Ingram had a way better year. So yeah, so you can't really give it to Jeremy Grant no more because look what Julius did. If Julius wasn't averaging a double double and the Knicks wasn't fourth, then I maybe. But bro, like the jump for for Julius himself and the and the team, you can't knock it. Detroit is still out of the playoffs, almost worst team in the league. And it's like with Jeremy Grant, like. Everyone says, oh, he increased his points per game. But, like, yeah, he increased his minutes and he increased his usage. So, of course, his his points are going to increase. Like, oh, people in, people think most improved means most improved stats. But most improved stats do, doesn't always show the whole story because it's it's almost always a result of increased um usage. Mm-hmm. But, like, Julius is basically doing this on, like, similar minutes maybe a, a tad bit more, maybe like two minutes more than last year, but it's basically the same minutes. And like, I mean, w- w- the skill set jump, like he doesn't even drive to the rim that much anymore. His drives are down. Like he's at a career low at drives right now. Yeah, like he's And living- that was his bread and butter for the most of his career. He's living- now he's like a jumbo jump shot shooting wing initiator, which is ridiculous. And I, I just hope that for 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 y'all's sake and of course his career, he doesn't fall in love with the jump shot too much because of yeah, course that, that becomes but too much. That happy medium of all right, with this play I'm doing this, this play I'm doing this. Like if you're hot, you're hot. I get it. Pull all the jump shots you want, but you have to be able to keep the defense honest and not just have them knowing, oh yeah, this guy's gonna pull it right here, fifteen feet, seventeen feet on the elbow, something like that. Like you can't, you you have to be able to put people have to fear you on the offensive end, not fear as in you don't, they don't know what you're about to do because you have the pages in your playbook. So yeah, so yeah, Julius all the way, man. Facts. Um, six man of the year. I feel like this award was decided. Um, all star break for me. It was decided like the first two months of the season that it was Jordan Clarkson. Um, he's one of the finalists. Um, a lot of people having a debate about his teammate Joe Ingles also being a finalist because how can you have two six men on one team? I mean, they did that for the Clippers last year. But. I've been beating this drum for years. I think it's ridiculous to have two six men on the same team. I, I, I wasn't for it with Lou Will and Trez. I wasn't for it with Lou Will and Eric Gordon back in Houston that year. Like, I forgot about that year word. Yeah, like I, I, I've always been against it, and I'm always going to continue to be against it. And shout out Derrick Rose, who was also a finalist. No, um, yeah, next- that's, a, that's a very good. I didn't expect him to be there. I'm not saying in terms of skill set, but I didn't think the media time would missed him. and yeah that that's that's a that's a shout out that's that's kind of like okay we see they they peep his impact because like if you look at the Knicks record ever since they got him and when he plays Mm -hmm. it's like a 50 win pace basically Mm -hmm. so like that's just elite that's just elite production right there facts Derrick Rose you can you can see the impact when he comes in the game it's it's a little bit more relaxed uh, we can get to your point guard situation in New York in in later, but <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that during playoff previews because I have oh, yeah. some things to to Derek say. Rose, being able being able to uh, 
just it's oh man, just the evolution of Derrick Rose. You just have to be happy for the guy as a basketball Facts. purist, no matter if you 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 were rooting against him or not. It's just his ability to change his game and still have a lot left in the tank. Shout outs to him. Uh, Joe Ingles, I don't know why he's really on this list. I respect his three-point numbers because they are top in the league for some time now. Um, but I mean, he's been an elite six man this year, but like, I just feel like just for the sake of like the name of the award six man, like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like the seventh man or whatever. So yeah, it's like... Or 6B because at this point, Jordan Clarkson really became like ball handler, distributor, distributor sometimes and just scorer. And we, I mean, if you if you follow Jordan Clarkson for for majority of his career with LA and all that, th- we saw signs of his ability to just light it up for mm-hmm. a quarter, two, or whatever. So for those that have been watching him, you you're just like, okay, you finally put it together, and that's a great thing because I, I remember in Cleveland when he was there with Cleveland and those guys with those those I don't know what kind of Cleveland teams those were those last two years, but the way he his role was to get buckets. And he didn't properly fill that role, of course, you know, with LeBron James. LeBron James is his own system with a dual mm-hmm. sword, but he wasn't he wasn't able to properly live up to that in that pressure moment. But it's great to see him come to Utah, be a number one seed, and be an actual vocal point of their offense. Like yeah. this is he went from just being, all right, I'll be content with you getting 15, or I'll be like, I'll be grateful for your 20. Now it's like we are expecting this from you. That's that's a that's a big jump, and some players some players can't really make that jump, and th- this is his award by far. Yeah, it, I I will say if Derrick Rose had played the whole year and like he didn't get COVID or whatnot, I feel like he would have been probably the leader for this award. Um, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year, we got Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, and Ben Simmons. For me. I got to go Draymond because, like, Draymond just, like, I don't know if you saw, you saw the playing game last night, right? For between the, you know, you know, you know where my, 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 yo, my, like, his my, defensive impact on Anthony Davis and just, like, overall just disrupting so much stuff for the Lakers and just, like, telling other people what to do on defense to make sure they're all in the right positions. Like, it's just, it was just a master class of defense. And that's the way Draymond is, like, most of the time when he's locked in and that's how he's been. That's why the Warriors have been, I think that's why they've been a top five defense in the, in the league this year. I think so. Uh, For sure. Um, First of all, uh, Rudy Gobert, I don't, I feel like <laughs> at this point they're putting him on this list because I don't, I don't know if you, if for those that at least if you have listeners that also probably listen to my podcast earlier in the, uh, Earlier in the year, I definitely had a, a, a video and my son, Mike, he was just like, I have a hatred for Rudy Gobert. And I'm just like, yo, bro, if you're if all you do is sit in the paint and when when teams expose the fact that you cannot properly move your feet on the perimeter, I don't think you can be rewarded for just blocks and, you know, um, meet at rims uh, like. I don't know. Like he, I respect his defensive prowess because he's earned his what two DPOYs, I believe he has. Yeah, um, like he's earned it. But I don't understand the love for Rudy Gobert all the time because at this point, the the league is no longer just paint points, and 
players like Draymond and Ben revolutionized the fact that I can guard all five, literally all five. So, and Ben Simmons hasn't been hasn't been on the court much this season. Uh, you can correct me on that, but I believe he's missed close to about double digit games as well. I I don't know specifically. Let me look that up real quick. What what you still yeah, learned, but um... but but I believe Draymond is is the guy. Uh, because I don't know, he's just the the way the Warriors are playing. Of course, the leaders are him and Steph, but the way the Warriors are playing, they just are they're playing inspired basketball, and the two leading the two people leading them are are just. Yeah, he played fifty eight games this year. Yeah, so like I, I knew he missed some time, but of course it wasn't drastic. Yeah, uh, but Ben Simmons. When I look at Ben Simmons, he plays the passing lanes a lot. Don't get me wrong; he can mm-hmm. definitely he can definitely uh, play. He can definitely play your best player. But I see Draymond doing that and leading the defense, setting it up, like you said, being able to communicate. Um, I don't see that much from Ben. I see more of Joel being the anchor because he Joel is coming out to the paint. Joel Joel is coming out to the perimeter as well, not just Ben. Ben is the guy that follows the perimeter guy from from inbound. So that's just a the difference there. But uh I agree with you. I got Draymond. Uh I don't want to sound like a hater for Rudy. I just I'm just kind of tired of seeing <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody's tired of Rudy at this point because like there's always a clip of of someone scoring on him. And of course, you know, if you defend like if you're a good defender, you're gonna get scored on, obviously. Yeah, but like everybody's just like bored of him, I guess. I mean, Rudy does rank in, a, in the top of a lot of elite categories, but, like, when it comes to playoff time, it's just, like, we see what happens. And, like, a lot of the league does not respect him. So, like, I think that's another factor that a lot of people take into uh, account now when they talk about Rudy Gobert. Because, like, if, you, if you've seen, like, like, I think Kevin Durant earlier when he was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, he didn't say Rudy Gobert's name, but he basically, like, said, he basically said Rudy Gobert, like, Dudes like him, they be getting exposed and stuff during the playoffs. So it's like, how can yeah, he be getting defensive player of the year? Last year too, like he became unplayable. Like, how well, not he- not not really. I mean, he was able to stay on the court with Jokic, but like Jokic, Jokic still, Jokic still was able to do whatever he wanted. So yeah, it was, it wasn't like step outside and and you know, and he can drive to the rim, and it's just like if you're if 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 a team can expose you down the stretch in a meaningful game, regular season or not, I feel like that has to be taken into account. If you, Because there has been games where, of course, depending on the matchup, Rudy Gobert has to sit. Why? Because he just can't keep up with the faster players when teams go small. And when teams, like just like you said earlier last, like for Draymond Green, we had Anthony Davis at what, 6'10", and Draymond Green standing at what, 6'7", 6'8", and he's literally just, he held Anthony Davis to what two of eight last night, two for twelve in the first half, like, like that's 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 what you call impacting and taking out a team's best player or a second best player, yeah. Uh, like, and I don't see Rudy Gobert doing that. When I think of Defensive Player of the Year, I'm not thinking of somebody that just sits in the paint and alters the 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 the, the opposition's um, path to the basket. You have to be able to do all five, all phases of the game. That's what I think of Defensive Player of the Year. Not just a big man. Like I know big men still need their love in the NBA as they're mm-hmm. slowly but surely transitioning out of it with positionless basketball. But but bro, like, come on now. You have to you have to you have to give it to the Kawhis, the Draymonds, the Bens, like those type of guys because they're impacting the game. Yeah. I mean, um 
Shout out Bam. Bam, I feel like he got snubbed a bit. Yeah, definitely, for sure. For sure. I saw that tweet. Uh yeah, he was laughing. I mean, he he does I mean, I, one one signature performance I can remember from Bam this year was against the Nets in Miami. He was guarding Kyrie, and I think Kyrie was 0 for 8 while Bam was guarding him. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can do stuff like that, and, like, Bam's also one of the best defenders of Giannis as well. So, like, stuff like that, I, don't I mean, it's top three finalists, and, you know, the the the, the, the voters are always going to show love to Rudy, and Draymond and Ben are also very deserving of theirs, but, like, it's, it's tough, Bam. It's tough out here. Word. I felt that people had an actual... Like even last year when when Rudy Gobert won it over uh, the finalists were Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis, I think if I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, like that was also questionable. Like you could have definitely given it to Anthony Davis that year, and Ben Simmons definitely had a had an argument. But like I guess this is just a big man award that they have to keep res- keep respecting it. Uh, I could be wrong in that take, but like I don't know, man. I don't think he should be a finalist at least for a third year in a row and like for real though if he really wins it three years in a row that's kind of crazy. <laughs> a lot of fans are gonna are gonna stop having respect for that award if yeah, for real though like three years in a row like because we've seen in history big men snubbing perimeter players and the one that i always point to is the marcus Saul over lebron in 2013 like mm. yeah the team was grit and grind for it and everything marcus Saul and all that but like we've seen, especially in that year of LeBron in Miami, like LeBron was literally sticking all five, and whoever had the hot hand, he was guarding them. And yet, yeah. you to a big man who just impacts one part of the game. I, it's just weird. But hopefully, they don't, you know, give it to a big man three years in a row. That's kind of blasphemous. I mean, with, with Giannis, I was I was okay with Giannis because Giannis, I, I when I looked into the stats, like when and when I watched Giannis, like. His impact on that Milwaukee defense was just oh yeah I don't uncomparable as a big man though like oh yeah yeah of course offense sometimes because you know lack of jumper but that guy can move like he has quick feet and he has a wingspan so he's he's kind of a he's not your traditional big man he's a new age big man that can run the floor yeah um last award of course is um coach of the year no disrespect to the Jazz, I don't consider Quinn Snyder a real finalist because <laughs> Jazz Jazz were a playoff team and they were expected to improve somewhat because Bogdanovich came back. Um and of course Jordan Clarkson and all that, but for me it's between Thibs and Monty. I go Thibs not only because of New York bias but because of the expectations that were set on this team at yeah. the beginning of the year. Um, with the Suns, we knew with the 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 improvements that they made on their roster, besides Chris Paul, adding Jay Crowder. Um that was a big one too, I forgot to do. Um, like adding the pieces that they added and just the overall improvement from the their main guys already, they were projected to be a playoff team. So this wasn't much of a surprise that it's probably a surprise that they became the two seed, and that's probably due to a multitude of other factors that went on in the Western Conference. But I feel like they were expected to be a playoff team nonetheless. Not not taking anything away from Monty because he's a great coach and he's helped those guys a lot. Um, he's helped them develop and build on that bubble run. Um, but I gotta go Thibs because like the, this team was supposed to be a lottery team. Like everybody predicted us to be like 22 ga- 22 wins or less. And he turned this into 41 wins, 
a top five defense in the league. Um, and a playoff team with home court in the first round. No one saw this coming. No one. So yeah. I got to go Thibs there. I, I didn't see it coming either for the Knicks. But, like, I know earlier in the show I, I said Monty, but think just really thinking about what Tom Thibodeau did for for the New York culture, uh, it needs to be highlighted a bit yep. more than it already is. Because I know social media highlights it, Knicks media highlight it. But on the national media, I feel like it just needs to be talked about just a little bit more because – we like I had hopes for David Fisdale in terms of looking at the New York landscape when he was the coach. I thought like he was a good coach to change the culture from losing post mellow and all of that stuff. But um, since that coaching change, it's like Tom instilled defense first and the offense will come later because, of course, defense turns into offense every single like that's that happens religiously. So what he was able to do. And then raising the young players, they always say, Tib, he had a reputation of just burning out his young guys, Chicago, Minnesota, whatever you, whatever your view on that is, what it is. But he's developed everybody on this team. Like, of course, the some of the draft picks and other guys have to ride the bench because everybody just seems to be having a great year this year. <laughs> yeah. but, but he's handled that well. Julius Randle's emergence, RJ Barrett's emergence sophomore year, he's handled quickly even obi top in limited minutes like he's handled besides of course whatever you guys want to say about what we'll get to later number six number six (laughs) um but whatever you want to say about he's handled a knicks rotation well which was very sporadic last year like we like last year when you look at the knicks team it's like all right besides rj maybe kevin knox it's like and julius randall whatever he was doing it's like all right where are we getting the other contributions from consistently and and uh, like, of course, I, I forget, I'm forgetting Mitchell Rob, my fault. But um, and Marcus Morris, who got traded to the Clippers. Yeah, I was thinking about him. Since yeah. he got traded, it's like you don't have a like even that. He's a forward that was ball handling. Like that's how that's how it was for them last year. So I yeah, see, it was a lot of that. I see your point with Tom Thibodeau. Um, I might just change my answer and say Tom because <laughs> because even though like Monty, he deserves it, and he hasn't had great coaching recognition. Um, in terms of awards, I could be wrong about that, but like lately, I don't think he's getting the respect that he's had in other places. Um, so coming to the Phoenix Suns and doing what he's done with Chris Paul, it might win him the media vote, but I think the real vote should be Tom Thibodeau for sure. Yeah. Thibs, I mean, like Fisdale, I get so angry just like thinking about what he done what he did to this team because like he did not hold anybody accountable he rolled the ball out on the floor and just said ball up y'all y'all just play ball like you can't you can't you can't do that Fisdale Fisdale ran the Knicks like he was trying to be everybody's best friend and as a coach you just can't do that you got to be an a-hole to some dudes and you got to hold them accountable and that's what Thibs is. I, I'm. I, I haven't heard anything about Thibs being an a hole to anybody on the Knicks, but I'm sure he's a, he he's hard on on people when when they mess up. Yeah, like I saw one him on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, he's always screaming. But like, yeah, I remember one one play um in the Chicago Bulls game. RJ got back cut twice against Larry Markkinen. Called a timeout. Yelled at RJ. Fair. Next play out of the timeout. He drew a play up for RJ. RJ scored. Like stuff like that, you just didn't see with Fizdale the last two years. And it's just like that stuff makes a difference. And like just establishing that type of culture of holding people accountable, winning, winning while developing, 
you got a whole bunch of young guys that are in this rotation for the Knicks that probably like no one saw coming. Like no one probably thought quickly and Obi would contribute to the, to to a playoff team in their first year. So and here they are. So I mean, like all that, you just gotta credit to Thibs and credit to the guys themselves individually. But like Thibs has a huge impact on on just all of that coming together. And I feel like you just gotta respect that and give him the vote this year. No doubt. Yeah, you gotta respect that. So let, let's get into playing because um, <laughs> Wiz, Wizards is Wizards is smoking the paces right now. Yeah, I, I had to take a peek at this score. I'm like, yo, it's a thirty spank since the third though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it's ugly right now. Um, before before we get into playoff matchups, because I don't even want to talk about this Pacers game because I knew this was I knew this was what was gonna happen, and I knew it was gonna be Wizards versus Sixers in the first round. But I do want to get into like. The main event, the 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 pro- probably the game of the year, I would say. Game of the year, I, I would say game of the year. Really? It's up there. Tough. Uh, yeah, it's up there. Um, I believe that Miami Brooklyn game was very tough when Bam hit the the game winner. That, that game was also good. Um, the was- the Celtics Tatum um coming back with sixty versus the Spurs was a good one. Spurs versus Wizards was another good they one. Were, they were down like close to thirty that game, weren't they? Or something. Yeah, down by like thirty two, I think. Um, Lakers versus Knicks was low key a game of the year. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, because it was playoff. Because it, it was it was a playoff intensity, gritty defense. Went to overtime with like a ninety one to ninety one score. Like it was it was a nasty game, but it was a good game. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta love those games. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, in terms of this Lakers, Golden, Warriors, this um, was a, this was a battle. Yeah, it it. So for those that don't know, I, my allegiance lies with the Lakers. Why? Because my favorite player is LeBron James. <laughs> so let, let's just get that out the way. Some may call me a Bron sexual. I hope after this podcast, y'all don't think that because I really don't. I don't. I, I try not to put my bias. Um, in that because I on this on, as a fan I'm rooting for that team, but as somebody that just watches the game, I really try to be impartial. So I hope people don't think of me as a brown sexual after this game, after this podcast. But looking at this game, um, my goodness, uh, where do I start? The fact that Golden State defensively, uh, not even defensively, offensively in the first half just couldn't miss. Period. Like they couldn't miss on any of their threes, it seemed like. Um, and they LeBron and them just came out flat. And by flat, not in skill, but flat in just emotion. Energy. Yeah. Um, early in the game, like all first half, all I saw was missed layups at the rim, for real. Because it's not like Golden State were stopping us from getting to the rim, but it's just once we got there. It's just everybody just, it just rolled off the rim or just off the backboard wrong. Um, shout out Golden State definitely because of their bench play and Juan Toscano Anderson. Andrew Wiggins had a sighting last night. My goodness. But yep. um, it was just I looked at the first half as a, OK, you're lucky. Like you can take a breath of fresh air. Their punch lasted like they really played perfect basketball for two and a half quarters in the Warriors. Um, but all I know is once there was a time in the third quarter, it was nothing but turnover city for them. They, they like the Lakers defense, they showed them why they've been top defense in the league with LeBron and AD in the game. 
there was just a point in the third quarter where all you saw was turnovers by Steph, uh, Draymond, anybody with the basketball. And not every time did it lead to uh, a basket by the Lakers, but surely, but surely, uh, it definitely went from 15 to 10 to five. And the next thing you know, we're tied in the fourth. Um, but there was a point, I believe the turning point was with third, with about two minutes left in the game, in the third, not in the game, in third, in the third quarter. LeBron came back in the game, and of course he was having a, a very horrible night. To be to be uh, sincere, um, very horrible night. Looked like he couldn't shoot the ball. Looked like he just did it. He he looked like he him partying with Drake and Michael B. Jordan last night. Really, affected. I said I said that on Twitter. I said that I was like, "Yo, Bron was out with OVO the other night. I don't know if he's like he's yeah, completely like, into this. Like, you know? boy had some, <laughs> like my son had a little like." It's just, it just, it just all, all the excuses, all the, all the media crushing. You, you saw it. It was played in your head, like yo, if they lose this game, like everybody's gonna kill him. But once he came in third quarter, because he t- had a few minutes rest, I believe uh, the analysts, uh, the people calling the game, they were like, uh, LeBron has an apparent um, minutes restriction at like twenty eight minutes, and the yeah. time at the time that they took him out, he had used up that twenty eight. And they were like, so are they going to bring him in fourth quarter or what they're going to do? Because we had we had closed the gap. But, you know, Steph being Steph, he just kept hitting that timely trade ball. And I'm just like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Anthony Davis. And then Anthony Davis was just loving his jump shot, apparently. And he I had that's, that's what pisses me off about, dude. But I'll get into that soon. Like I have posted this on Twitter, like Anthony Davis looked like he just. He had Joel Embiid syndrome from last year, like just living on the perimeter. Like, bro, you're 6'10". Like, yes, Draymond is a great defender, but you can pick apart matchups. You can get the right matchup for you. It don't have to be against Draymond. You don't have to pull that jump shot. Like, the reason why we won last year was because you dominated inside and then stepped outside. But nevertheless, uh, that two-minute mark, third quarter, LeBron had came back and he went into point guard mode. Um, You just saw couple back cuts to the rim by Kuzma, KCP, get it going into the fourth, a couple three-pointers. Um, what In terms of being a Lakers fan, I didn't like what I saw. I, I didn't, but I'm a guy that likes adversity. And being able to take Golden State's legit best punch, because I don't think Golden State could have played better than they've played heading into the fourth. Besides those turnovers in the third, they had a great game. Like, you couldn't tell me they were doing something wrong. Anthony Davis was neutralized. LeBron was missing. And the role players wasn't really stepping up that good. Um, so, and then you they were abusing Andre Drummond to a point. So, like, <laughs> all of get those, me started on Drummond, man. All of those, ah, to be honest, I believe Drummond is a good fit for us, but you can't play him and AD at the same time because that will make AD take those jump shots because he doesn't have all the room to go to work. So, like, AD, like Drummond, I see that's a problem. They both have the same freaking initials. But Drummond has like he can he can be a Dwight Howard. He can be the JaVale for us, but he has to do it without AD being on the court because it's just gonna be clogged. They're two six ten, damn near seven feet guys on the court. But Steph, um, he gave like he had me sitting on my chair. Like I had to sit up in my bed, like, yo, like, why did I think we were about to lose this game? But Adversity is good for teams like this that uh, that expect to make a deep playoff run, and you have to embrace games where it's not your best game by far, and you were still able to pull it out. Luck or not, 
the man claimed he saw three rims and he he swished it. <laughs> so, bruh, Bron uh, is Bron is a pathological liar, bruh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey man, you gotta you gotta play towards the media because <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Because <laughs> no lie, he got poked in the eye. Was it a flagrant? I don't think it was. But yeah, okay. it wasn't a flagrant. It was just a hard foul. And yeah. like they were honestly like the one thing I loved about this game, they was calling it like a playoff game. They was letting a lot of contact go. In the first half, yeah, definitely. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. It would because, let go because it's, it's, it's only right, though. It is. Like, the the stakes are high. You just got to let some contact go. And the one thing I didn't like is the Lakers. They are crying after every whistle, after every timeout, after every quarter. They go up to the ref as a gang. they like, yo, what's going on? And I'm like... Like, what are they going to do come playoff time? Are they going to expect to get every call, too? Like, you just you you just got to ball up. You got to lace them, them them sneakers up and just we playing playoff basketball. This is what it is. What I say to that is I do agree, though. Complaining isn't always like the vibe because the referees we've seen this year, especially that the referees. They've been awful. You just got to live with it at this point. Yeah, like they will they'll see you complaining so much and then they'll 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 be petty on the other side. Like yep. this year has been bad for referees in terms of fouls, no fouls, technical fouls, not technical fouls or just like just refereeing the game. You can see the relationship between the players and the refs getting worse and worse as the seasons go. This season was just one of the worst in a while, I guess you can say. Um but what I what I do say to that is most of the elite teams complain. If I if I sure maybe, maybe not maybe not Utah to a stretch, um, if you want to consider them elite, but James Harden James Harden with the Nets he talks to the refs consistently. He's oh, of course, elite. no doubt about it. Philadelphia. I think he picked that up from Chris Paul though. Chris Paul has that that thing where like whatever yeah, team he's on, yeah, Chris and Paul. whatever players he played with, they're gonna have that 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 type of energy. You feel me? So most of like even Philly to a point, Joel Embiid talks to the ref like he wants he wants them to call those fouls when he's going in the paint. Um, what you call? Yeah, for for me, it's just like playoff time. You just gotta you just gotta suck that up. Because... Yeah, because because you know seven games. Well, in this instance, it's one game, but in playoff time, you know they these calls will be given back to you if you feel like it's not up to par. They will always give it back to you. They always give makeup calls. I'm telling yeah, you that. That's the thing. People don't want to admit that, but that's like I'm It saying, is a thing, yep. It's really a thing like you complain, all right, you complain, but just don't go too overboard because that's when they're going to get trigger happy with technicals and Yep, and then that's where you lose your team games. Yeah, and we don't want to see that in playoff basketball, so like Yep. The Lakers do that. They definitely talk a lot, but that game was a good game for them in terms of being in the fire because you know this postseason is going to be a tougher one um, than usual. Maybe not because of seeding, but just in terms of the the road to get there. You're going to have to fight. These are not regular Western Conference teams. You're not going to play the Clippers if you do until the Western Conference Finals if you get there. And and, and this ain't the 2018 East for Braun. I know a lot yeah. of people like to bring up that run. That this this ain't it. They, there's no Victor Oladipo's. There's no there's no Demar Derozan's to take advantage yeah, no, of. Like, like I believe <laughs> LeBron's playoff mat playoff uh like playoff LeBron is a real thing. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work, bro. Like this is not. And, and he looks kind of gimpy out there. I will say that. Like he looks kind of gimpy. I'll say this, and this, I've never said this on my podcast yet. So to, you know, but th- I've always thought of. Um, that LeBron's years of being legit elite 
have are like this is the year where it's like okay we've seen like i don't know if you're gonna be elite anymore after this why because yeah. like body and health and just like bro like you you got injured again twice like yeah he's been tweaking that ankle like crazy like four games in eight weeks like that's crazy and yeah. i anti player has played four games in eight weeks so you have to look at it like that and the west is as as lebron has tried to sustain his greatness the league is adapting to his greatness so you can't really be wrong at that you can't be mad at it so the lakers they they gotta they have a great they have a great road ahead of them and you have they have to embrace it because what steph just showed the world last night is yo like y'all y'all this is not easy anymore like this of course is the west you ran rub shot last year but the west improves every year so yep so the you know they just retool the west literally retools every freaking year and i don't know why the gms in the east don't move like the western teams like that but i guess it's city and you know weather and all that crap but the lakers they'll be all right in terms of their first round matchup but the play-in was a great thing um it's nice to see and you know the 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 superstars that they just got to make sure to stay healthy and not and not have your team be that seven seat you feel yeah. Even there, was a, there was there was a lot of complaining going on towards the end of the year about about plans from from LeBron and Luca and and yeah, but you got to understand they go they only gonna complain because you know they they team is what it was in the spot yeah, yeah unfortunate things happen and sadly they're in those spots but when you look at it everybody was tuned in yep like, you were bro up. that had the ratings for that was like five point six three million. That's that's like better than some finals like the last couple of years. Like for real, like even even players were tuned in. Like people, yeah, like everybody was tuned into that because like, like you, you earn respect the way you play in games like that. Like this is do or die. Yes, you have another chance if you're if you of course if you, in the seven eight matchup you would play again if you lose. But like this is just this is just putting like an extra page on your resume for play-ins only. Like bro, like this yeah. is. This is going to be something in the NBA long term. And I already know. Oh, of course. Adam Silver is like, he is so happy with himself. He is like, he's like touching oh, himself with money right now. Like he is, <laughs> he is Gucci right now. New bag, new bag alert for real. Yep, exactly. So I want to approach this from, cause you covered it on the Lakers side. I do want to cover this on the Warriors side. I kind of mentioned the, the Draymond defensive masterclass already. Um, Steph, there's, there's nothing else to really say, but what I will say is that I am more confident with Golden State heading into a Utah series to upset them now that I've seen them go on par, basically, with um, a Lakers team. Granted, they weren't, com- they're not completely all together, and um, I mean they're completely healthy now, but like they still have some things to work out. But like I feel really confident in them um, playing against um, against Utah because um, I just feel like. Those guys, like they've finally reached a level where they're all on the same page, um, chemistry wise, and just like when Steph and, and and Draymond get into those those modes, like when they hit those playoff modes, it, it's a different animal with them, and you just you just can't keep up with them. And as long as the others around them continue to provide that extra support, like they did the other day, like B- Baysmore, JTA, um. 
um Wiggins all hitting like timely shots. Jordan Poole. Um all those guys being aggressive. Like they came into that game locked in like they knew it was do or die. And that's what shocked me because there's been a lot of times this season where the Warriors have come out flat because I tune into a lot of their games because you know Steph is my guy. Mm-hmm. So um there's a lot of games where they come in flat and it's just like, yo, like I just hope when they come into this playing situation, they don't do this. And they came in locked in. And I was shocked because like even Warriors fans were so shocked. I, I saw on Twitter because like they're not used to they they used to seeing this team come out flat as well. So it's like when they saw them all locked in for the whole night, it was it was just something. And 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 against Memphis, I'm really confident in them being able to beat Memphis tomorrow. Um, they they beat Memphis just like last week on Sunday, I believe it was. Yeah, but yeah, I just feel like if they come in locked in again, they'll take care of Memphis. And then against Utah. I, I would pick Golden State against Utah in that series, honestly. I don't have faith in Utah to be able to contain Steph Curry. That is upset alert, like very much so. Um, yep. Especially when Mike Conley and and uh, Donovan Mitchell are coming off of injuries. They haven't played like the last week or so. Um, yeah. Regular, regular season ended. In terms of Steph, though, and the Warriors, they they came out. Not even not to focus on Steph right now, but in terms of everybody, the others, because that's kind of what the game was about for the first half. The others, um, those guys had like they had a battery in their back, like they knew they had Stephen Curry on their squad, and they knew that he wasn't gonna gonna he he was gonna come in there and just provide them the extra energy. Like yo, they're gonna focus on him, traps, everything. So you guys be ready and quickly, like. Not, like especially in the first quarter, we quickly saw that Andrew Wiggins was trying to go at LeBron James' head, like for real, and he was ready. And Jordan Poole almost caught a body. I don't know if you saw it. He almost caught yep. a body on Braun. Could even caught a foul on it if you wanted to. But like those guys, they have confidence. Like the difference between halfway through the year and right now is the confidence. And yes, chemistry is a thing, but the fact that you believe in yourself. And believe in the, the guys that you have around you. That's what is propelling Golden State right now. Just straight heart and pride with Draymond yelling at everybody like, yo, you got to be here. You got to be here. You got to want this, want that. Um, the only thing I might worry about for them is is energy in terms of fatigue. Yeah. Can you can you turn it around in a quick one day off setting, which, which is playoff vibes? But can you most of these guys are young. They haven't been there. So can you quickly turn it around? Re retool, refocus, and be like, all right, cool. We got this team ahead of us. What do we got to do to slow down Ja and not even just Ja, but Dylan Brooks? Because now Dylan Brooks is looking like a player that can abuse the abuse the uh, the mid range if you if you really uh, go under the screens. So you they have a that is a tough matchup. I do have Steph coming out of that that matchup, but you gotta you just gotta be able to uh, be able to run up and down with 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 Memphis because they will run you out the gym if you let them. So that's the one thing I'll worry about for Golden State. But hey man, one Steph Curry, one Steph Curry just sees one go in. It's it might just be over. Yeah. It, he, once he gets locked into that playoff mode, it's just like a different animal with Steph. That's why it's like people talk about Steph not being clutch or his lack of clutch moments, but let's not get it twisted. That 2016 run is real. Like the run to the finals is real. Even yeah, with that was KD, legit. Like even with KD, like there were times where KD had to give the ball up, 
and Steph or Clay had to hit that shot. And the one thing about Steph this year is he's showing people that, yo, like I can still put together W's by myself. Yes, me and Clay and Draymond been here because we all been drafted together separate years, but within the same two to three years. So they they without Clay, Steph is just showing people like I can do this. I you, just don't forget like I was unanimous MVP. I was the guy that almost overtook LeBron as the face of the league in 2014, 2015. And like I can I can lead a team. Yes, I'm 6'3. And all I do is 55% of my game is jump shots. But if you can't stop the jumper, what can you really do, buddy? Like, it's like this is this is not an exaggeration. This is the best shooter I've ever seen. Like, well, of I, course, no doubt about it. And one of the greatest scorers, I, too. Yeah, they get slept on a little bit because of his past years of and who he's had. So he hasn't always had to put up big numbers. But this year just reminded everybody, like, like, it's he can really- score with the best of them. Yep. Steph Curry with the shot for real. Um, I so so um some brief playing notes because a lot of people have said you know playing's been kind of boring you know blowouts everywhere I guess. Um, Charlotte. I mean, his some observations I I had were Charlotte. They kind of showed their youth in that game. Yeah. Didn't come out with the urgency and energy that they needed to. Um, Pacers took advantage of that. They have a bunch of guys that have been to the playoffs. They know what it takes. Um, they they weren't enough to beat the Wizards and Beal and and Russ today. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we'll see what, what happens with Indiana this offseason. They got some interesting decisions to make with their roster and coaching as well. There's been a lot of friction with yeah, their coaching staff. You're in that limbo period. Post yep. or is just like what it, what what direction do we go in? Yep. Um Tatum and Kemba, they've proved to sh- to to be a a solid one-two punch. I don't know if it's going to be enough to take enough games um out of the Nets. It's been a disappointing year for Boston. Yeah, I, I know Boston fans. I, I have a, I have a, I have a bunch of them on on Twitter. They've been waiting for this season to just count down already. Like they just want, they probably just want the Nets to just sweep them and just like get it over with, so they can get on with their off season. Because yeah. this season has been a season from hell for for them. Yeah, nothing but injuries. Corona hit them almost the hardest. I wouldn't say they're probably probably top three teams that really got hit with um. Mm-hmm. Ona and the whole COVID protocol and especially injuries. It's just like, damn, bro. Like they couldn't catch a break. You thought they were gonna be able to do something coming into the playoffs, even with being in the play in. But that Jenna Brown injury was just the the, the icing on the 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 proverbial cake to, that just was their season. Um do I see them taking games from from Brooklyn? Maybe one or two. Yeah, maybe one at TD. But yeah, but I don't I don't see it going past two because for that to happen. You know, I feel like that means somebody else, Kemba, or somebody else on that Boston team will have to go for 30, at or at least, because we know Jason Tatum is going to take those shots. Um, but it's just going to be who's going to be his running mate to, to to put up that production. And then, of course, Brooklyn probably will just have to not play defense for real and just let them score out the gym. Because if you put Boston yeah. in a scoring game, then all right, then that's different because now they're just running with the flow of the game. But if you 
if you if you're putting pressure on Boston to to defend you as well and you're not defending them, hey, I don't know what else to tell you. But I see that only being a five game series, honestly. If yeah. They can, they can really make some noise in Brooklyn at least one game. That's the only way I've seen them going past five. Yeah. Um staying in the east and let's get into playoff matchups. Um it's gonna be Sixers versus Wizards in the one eight. I got Sixers and four, honestly. I don't see the the um I don't see the Wizards having anything to deal with um Embiid. Oh yeah, it's over for that. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, so um that's a that's another quick series for me. Uh it's gonna be a of course a spectacle to see Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook go up against Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Tobias. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Wizards have no big man presence and the ones that they do are inexperienced, especially against Joel Embiid. Um, and then you're asking a semi injured Bradley Beal to lead a squad. And then Russell Westbrook is night and day with his impact on the game. One day he's shooting you out of the game and the next game he's, he's, he's giving you all that you need. So it's going to be tough for them to even, scratch a game in my opinion uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five games for that in in the favor of philadelphia all right so moving on to probably the more the most um interesting matchup of the first round um knicks versus hawks the four five matchup um i got knicks in six um just because I know there's no one on Atlanta that can handle Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. He averaged really 37 bad. points per game against them in the regular season this year, including oh, two 40-point performances. Oh, man. Sheesh. Yeah, he's had their number. So, In in that matchup, respectfully, the the, the Hawks are a little small, like – in terms of the wings and their big man, they're kind of small. Yeah, there's Clint, there's John Collins, but once those two get out the game, who do you have to protect the rim? If I, I can't really remember their big man besides those two guys. They um, have their rookie Okongu, but I don't know if he'll get like like legitimate minutes in a playoff series. Yeah, and then on the wings, you have who do you have on the wings? You have uh, you got Bogey, you got um, Gallo, you got. Um, you got Hunter, who's probably going to be on a minutes restriction. I was thinking about him, but I haven't seen him that much of this season. I could be he's wrong. He's been hurt a lot, yeah, and he's. I think he's going to be on a minutes restriction come playoff time. Um, you got Snell, I guess. Uh, I Solomon Hill. <laughs> Tony Snell is notorious for playing 28 minutes and getting zero stats. But he, he, this year he's had a 50-50, 100 year, so mm, he, that boy's been lighting it up, so. I mean, he's nothing to sneeze at on offense or defense, but, like, I mean, I guess. I I, I expect y'all to make quick work of these guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Like A lot of people, we're actually underdogs in Vegas for this series, which is interesting. Vegas, I think they do that so they can get their money, respectfully. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But the Knicks, like, when I look at it on paper, just if you want to go on paper alone, there's too many people on the Knicks that can hurt hurt you like if you're if if you're speaking from the atlanta point of view like you have to you have to guard a multiple 
array of people. Like you have to, you have to think about D Rose. You have to think about quickly. You have to think about RJ. You have to think about Julius. And like that's just to Burks. name. Yeah, like Alec Burks. Like people don't realize he just came back, and next thing you know, he had like twenty some points the other day. He had thirty of, and ten the, yeah. off the bench the other night. Like so he's a you, you, player for the Knicks down the stretch, and he's been gone for like two weeks, and he just got back, and he had a thirty ball. Like that's yeah, crazy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta respect the guys around the Knicks. Like we got like we got like four thirty. We got four forty percent shooters, I think, this year from three, and like a couple other guys shooting like thirty eight and thirty nine. And then Nerlens so like, like been locking up the paint lately, and yeah, but like for me with Nerlens. I'm worried against this matchup against Clint because Clint been killing us on the boards when we played him. I mean, Clint he averaged like 20 boards per game against us. Yeah, but the thing is, though, once you like, that's where it comes into matchups, where if you can get the right person on the on the right guy in terms of getting Clint out of the paint and just yeah, allowing Julius to either bully ball whoever else he's being guarded by. Or you know, rim runs to the rim and spreading the floor. Once once you once you once you take Clint Capella out the out the out the paint, you feel me? He's kind of once useless. again, yeah, he's useless. Like he's not gonna be able to guard uh a RJ Barrett off a pick and roll or or off a pick and pop and they switch the they switch the two the two positions. And let's say RJ has him on an ISO, like I'm picking RJ to blow by him, make the right play. If he if you can't beat him for real off the dribble, which I believe you should be able to do. You have the you have the you have the teammates that can shoot the rock. Reggie Bullock is gonna be in the corner somewhere. You feel me? So like yeah. he's the the matchup just looks bad. Trey Young though, to be respectful, <laughs> he will get his. I believe he will get his. But th- I believe the Knicks have the bodies to guard him. Like to just yeah, keep they have the bodies for that. So Got that, my boy Frank in the cut, just yeah, waiting to just clamp that up. Y'all got Frank and Frank been like. Frank was supposed to be a little bit better than he is right now, but he could, he's also couldn't stay on the court. And that's another thing that, that y'all have, but Frank, that's another thing. Yeah. Frank could put clamps on him too. Like he could just be the defensive specialist to be like, all right, yo, I need you to shut off Trey's water and just like shut down the whole offense. Like all it take, all, all, all Frank need is a little quarter, give him six minutes and a quarter to guard Trey young. And I think he could do it. Oh, for sure. I put out a clip on um, my timeline the other day of frank guarded him i know this was like a couple years ago and trey probably added a couple new moves to his arsenal or whatever or a couple new foul baits but <laughs> um but yeah like frank is like one of the better defenders on a lot of guys in the league he Kyrie talked about frank giving him fits you look up the stats against him on luca he gives luca fits he gave james harden fits a couple years ago like my boy Frank be clamping. People sleep on him because you know he's he's French and he doesn't get a lot of minutes. But I, I'm I, I I'm praying they put him in the game against Trey. I'm gonna be in the building for game one. I'm gonna be chanting for Frank to come in the game if Trey starts like getting a little bit loose because we need to shut that water off. My my game plan that I've always been telling people for against Atlanta is just get the ball out of Trey hands and like make everybody else decision makers. They, they, I, I've seen Hawks fans talk about like Bogey and and Lou Will were like playmaker or whatever, but like, see that that's the thing, right? I I, I just forgot Lou Will is there, and that Lou just, Will got exposed in the offs last year, so that, that just goes to show you like 
the, the, where, where we are in the NBA. Like, Lou Will is no longer – you can count on him to hit, like, a couple of shots, yeah, but he's getting baked defensively. And one game he could be great for you with his jump shot, and the next he could just be not into it. And we saw that with the Clippers. Yeah. And Bogdanovich, like, I, I like him, but, you know, he's still relatively new to this playoff lifestyle. So, uh, and yeah. like they, they, those two guys are not even the, the same type of level of playmaker that Trey is like, sure. They got some playmaking chops, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not worried about them creating off, off the, off the bounce. Like I am with Trey. So like that, that's always been my game plan and just like find a way to get Clint out the paint. Like you said, like have some switching going on where like you can get Clint out the paint. So that way he's not a factor. But yeah, um, a lot of people have this going six or seven, and a lot of people have it going either way. I mean, I, I guess know, that's I the way it goes with the four or five way. matchup. So like, yeah, four or five matchups are like that. But like, I mean, the the Hawks are like twenty four and eleven or twenty five and eleven since their coaching change in March. So that's that's a testament to uh, Nate McMillan and his coaching. But I don't know, the matchup just looks weird for me because you can't just count on Trey is not at that level for me. Where 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 his three point shot puts fear in your eyes like Steph's three point shot. Yeah, he's, he's not there mini, yet. He's a mini comparison because he can pull from there, but you don't fear that yet. He's hasn't he hasn't hit enough or hit so so much memorable shots from deep. Or just like the percentages too. Yeah, like yeah, he's 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 early in his career, but he's he's not putting that much fear in my eyes yet. He can light it up on one night, but at the same time he could brick it the next. And yeah, that's basketball, but we're talking about playoffs and the elite of the elite, and I don't think he's there yet. So this is a teaching moment. Your first playoffs is going to be, you know, it's going to be a teaching moment, and you got to – he's going to he's gonna have a tough battle on his hands with the Knicks. I just – I don't see the seven games. I don't – I really don't see seven. Six, I'll probably talk to you, but I see Knicks in five, honestly. Mm, I've seen some people say Knicks in five. Um, shout out to MSG um allowing fifteen thousand fans um ninety percent vaccinated. Hold that. Um, that's huge home court advantage for us. It's basically a full stadium. Yeah. Um, so that's gonna be key for us in those games that we have at our crib. Yeah, um, hopefully we can win those. But um, yeah, moving on to the last series that we haven't talked about in the East rematch of last year's second round between Milwaukee and Miami. <laughs> this is this is a good one uh just off of uh reputation or what happened last year but i think some people are really forgetting that Giannis did get hurt like game three or four um with his ankle and yeah i didn't it was still a smoke chest five games in the heat's favor last year but um i'm gonna i'm a i'm just gonna change my tone with Giannis and the Bucks, I've always been a critic of them because Giannis' lack of ability to develop a mid-range jump shot out the post or whatever. That's that's what I think he should be adding to his game. And this year, I believe he's added it somewhat, and we might mm-hmm. just be able to see these playoffs. People keep saying, yeah, I don't believe in it. Yeah, we don't believe in it. But, bro, regular season is important for these things. And in the regular season, against certain matchups, we've seen him uh properly use that jump shot. So the Heat, they're there. I don't see the Heat winning the series. I got the Bucks in six. They'll put up a good fight. Um Giannis remembers what it felt like to lose to them and get hurt. And Miami being the surprise of the league last year, but 
I don't know, man. This Giannis looks like a different Giannis. That he's a little bit more. That's what I've been saying. Like he just looks, he just looks like yo. All right, I've lost two years in a row the same way. Something has to give. I have to change something. And the one thing you would look to is his ability to shoot off the dribble or just shoot the ball. Period. Once we players like that that have the ability to drive to the rack at will, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, um. Freaking Kevin Durant, if you want to go that far, like Kobe Bryant, if you're once you're able to establish yourself on the perimeter, your game is just opened. And like now you like it's like everything moves in slow mo because now you're seeing everything. You've seen the coverages before. You've seen this already and you know where to where to put the basketball, even in a pass or a shot. And Giannis has improved that. Of course, Drew Holiday is a big pickup, I believe. And P.J. Tucker is also a big pickup. Yeah, huge pickups. Um, and Miami has been another team hit by Corona and the effects of it. Um, most of their and injuries as well. Yeah. Yeah. At at this point, every time I say Corona, I I include injuries because (laughs) the lack of rest is, is part of it. I believe that the lack of, um, rest in off season time for some players or some teams that went deep in playoffs last season, they didn't get that much time to rest their bodies because Rona just, made the league speed up the beginning of the next season, which is what we're talking about. So um, Miami, they've been, they've had a lot of people in out the lineup. Tyler Hero just got back the other day. Um, Kendrick Nunn is in the lineup. Goran Dragic is there. Yes, I believe Jimmy Butler was out for a little bit, but he's about to be back for game. He had Rona for real, though. Like, he had that. And he looks better than before. Um, And Bam Adebayo is having another year, another year where he's just improving as a player on both sides of the floor. Um, I see it going seven, though. Instead of the quick five that happened last year, I see seven games um, just because Jimmy Butler is no slouch. I will never disrespect Jimmy Butler, even yeah. with Chicago years. Um, so I see it going seven. Giannis shows us that he has worked on his jump shot in the quick offseason that he had. And this is going to be a, a great matchup in the second round between... Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Man, if Giannis could like make a finals run this year, mm, 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 we gotta have start having some conversations. Like he's really due for it. Like when you look at certain superstars' careers, they go through some L's first before they really say I. Yup, that's what I'm. Yo, that's what I'm saying because everybody is already writing off Giannis, and he's only 26. Most dudes haven't won their chips until they like. 28 or 29 like when they like deeper into their careers they they know at the end of the day they're so close but they just gotta tweak something and yep. and like let's be clear like if he didn't run into Kawhi, is he beating philly in the eastern conference finals who knows probably but that's what i'm saying like it that that series could have easily won seven as well um and and like bro like he's you you can't look at the numbers and say he's done like I've been a critic, like since I've started my my Sway Important Live podcast, I've been a critic on Giannis just being able to develop because, like, bro, you're literally unstoppable. Two dribbles and you're at the rim. Like, that's that's you have to be able to take advantage of the fact that you can no longer like your your strength is to the rim, to the rim, to the rim. But of course, playoffs they clog the paint. We all know that every team does it because. It's no more easy buckets like the regular season. Once that jump shot is popping, man, I, oh, man, good luck. 
Good. Like, if he really has it this playoff, good luck, Brooklyn. My goodness. Good luck. Yeah, and Giannis seems to have Brooklyn's number this year. I know they were missing Harden for some of those games, but I'm not too keen on Harden in in, in, in the playoffs. Uh, uh, some people know my track record. I, I, I just don't believe in, in Harden in the playoffs. So if, if that's what Brooklyn's relying on, um, good luck. Um, Let's move out west. Yes, sir. Um, we kind of spoke on Utah and Golden State. I think we both kind of are on like I don't think I don't think Utah got the horses to to keep up with um playoff Steph and Draymond. We'll see though. But I I don't know. I I just don't see it like we said. Um let's let's go to the 2-7 matchup with with Suns Suns and and Lakers. Yes sir. I said Suns in 6 on Twitter and I was met with a very a varied amount of responses. I was one of those responses. Yes, you were one of those responses. I and a lot be- of people, a lot of people thought I was either hating on the Lakers and Braun, which partially that is why I was doing, but there's other reasons. I hate some people can't admit the hate. They come up with excuses. <laughs> I, I will always admit the hate. I will always admit the hate. I, I, I that's, that's part of my shtick. I, I gotta be the hater. Sometimes that's me with Braun. That's me with Russ. Like that's me with Harden. I just got those three guys. I just gotta. I just gotta. I just gotta clown them a little bit. <laughs> um, that's just what I what I gotta do. But um, not since Suns in six because I just Lakers. They got some growing to do, and like you're gonna grow during the first round against what I think is a tough opponent. I mean, and like they got some deficiencies. I see that. I don't war the Suns have better personnel than the Warriors and the Warriors were able to exploit it. So like like Drummond, if Drummond's playing key minutes in this series, Lakers are gonna be cooked. When you think about it, we don't have to play Drummond with like we don't have to play him. You don't have to play him at all, honestly, because he is absolutely because besides DeAndre Ayton, if I want to look at this uh Phoenix roster, right? Yeah, they don't have another big really. For real, and and but let's not get it twisted. Uh, playoff CP is a thing, um, but it just sometimes he fails he's us up short. Yeah, because of either injury or his team isn't good enough. Um, but let's look at it like this, right? I I respect your Phoenix in six in six prediction because the Lakers don't look good. Period. Why? Because they 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 kind of have. The Clippers effect of last year, where these guys just haven't played enough games. Yeah, um, I believe the announcer said yesterday that the starting lineup only played like three games together. Yeah, because out. they just added Drummond to it, and I don't even understand the Drummond addition. Because yeah, like I I understand why Mark Gasol is upset because offensively you're only going to Drummond when neither LeBron or AD is in the game, and then you put him on a post up, and he just wants to act like he's. Hakeem or or Shaq when he just wants to just turn around and try to just spin people off of him. Regardless, he that probably would have worked in his earlier years with his twenty and twenty days, but those years me. are behind drumming. Yeah, those those years are gone. Um, but when I look at this matchup, it's cliche as hell. But I'm gonna say it like, who's guarding two three? Like, this is a thing that must be answered. Like, if you don't have a name or a scheme for it. You have with to. with yeah. the way Braun looks right now, 
I'm comfortable saying that Mikal and Jay and like whoever they else they use can give him enough problems because I saw Andrew Wiggins give him a decent amount of problems. I mean, last night give him problems, but I and I Braun know. isn't all the way, so that's why I'm like, I don't he's know. Not- I, I've seen him like I'm 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 worried as a team aspect individually. I know that he will just. Like it sounds like blind faith, bro. But I'm like I didn't seen it too many times. I like for real. Like I and he hasn't lost a first round series like ever. So of course he's never been a seventh seed. But like when I look at it, it's gonna be a grueling series. Sadly, I do see it possibly going six or seven. That'll be the the hard part because with a team that's slightly banged up and is looking for rhythm, you don't want high pressure games but at the same time you do because if you want to get your rhythm you want as many games as possible but you don't want to take it too far where you're pushing your bodies past their quote-unquote limit as you ease back into playoff form um but what i'm looking for for the lakers is their three-point shooting um i don't like to compare this team to last year too much because it's not constructed that way um montrez harrell needs to find his way in the, in the lineup. Um, he's got a couple of DMPs before the play-in. Wow, um, that's that's different from what I've seen from other Laker fans, honestly. Nah, yeah, you have to... The reason why Montrez is key is because you have to be able to... Like, when AD goes out the game, right? And let's say you just have LeBron, or let's say you don't have both of them in the game, and then you have a lineup of maybe Schroeder, Caruso, Kuzma, and stuff like that. When Montrez is able to use energy and productively, it's it's good, period. Like, there's a reason why he was a six-man finalist last year. Like, his ability to just throw teams off with his energy alone, because half the time, what gets you, what goes your way in the playoffs is energy, your your ability to consistently put out effort in doing whatever you're doing. Um, Defensively, though. Yeah, you he see is, what happened in the playoffs. Yeah, that's why. That's why it, <laughs> it's defensively for 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 Montrez is a problem. But when you who I don't fear, like you said, there's only one big man out there for 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 uh, Phoenix. And do I see Montrez guarding anybody on the perimeter? No, but offensively, he needs to give out a he needs to give positive minutes, and he hasn't always done that. Um, he does when we're up by like 10 or 12 and he wants a front run or whatever. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> but he he needs to he needs to impact the game himself. And then my last thing for the Lakers to win is we need a third option. We do not have a consistent third option. Last year, we had a, a third option of of maybe KCP or maybe Rondo or maybe a collection of the bigs in Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee punishing the other team's bigs on pick and rolls or whatever with with Rondo. So what I'm looking for is three-point shooting, Montrez Harold to at least give me something, and a third guy. That third guy should be Kuzma. But I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's because he's playing alongside two great superstars that his game hasn't went to the next level like we've seen his younger counterparts have gone, like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and all that, even though he is the older guy out of all of them and maybe have the lowest ceiling. He's supposed to be at a point where he, he's supposed to be, I believe, a bona fide 20 points. His skill set shows that you can go get a bucket on in every phase of the game, free throws, 
uh, off the dribble, pull-ups. Because he, we remember those early Laker days before they got LeBron, he was a big Chuck. Like, yep. everything, big Chuck. Like, I remember though that, that um, even though it's a freaking summer league game, we looked at him as the best player. Why? Because summer league, he came out and got like 40 first game or something like that, bro. So that's for, for the Lakers. They, they need, they need a third guy and they need to find out where that third set of, isn't it Dennis? You see, I want to say it is Dennis, but Dennis, cause he's been like the third leading scorer. I think this whole yeah, he year has been a third leading scorer, but we need, but what happens when Dennis, cause I wasn't always a big fan of Dennis before the, before he was on OKC. Like when he was on Atlanta, I was just like, who is this guy? Like, why is he always just, like he was that pest that it's like, yo, bro, like you're good, but I don't see the next level. And then he proved me wrong. So like his ability to shoot from outside and properly run an offense to an extent. But I don't, I need a, you can't, I don't, I don't think relying on Dennis Schroeder consistently as a third option is not a good way to go. It either must be Kuzma or a collection of your parts because last year it was really every other game. It was somebody else getting a bucket it was having their mm-hmm. moment last year was definitely kcp with his three-point shot so the lakers have a scoring problem right now because just because of chemistry and health that that that's that can be that can be fixed so with just with repetition so the three-point shot is big because they're a big team in terms of size they always go to the rim so once their three-point shots start dropping then that's where you don't know what to really focus on because now ad is going to the rim LeBron is driving and kicking. And then when he starts hitting three-point shots, you might as well say goodnight. Because we all know if LeBron's jump shot isn't falling, you have a chance to to win the game. But if his jump shot is falling and he's able to go to the rim, start kicking out to shooters, and I you I know you've seen it before, that there's a time when it's like a little, I don't want to say switch because that's the cliche LeBron answer, but there's a time where... <laughs> yeah. Like 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 when he when when he's in that zone jump shot wise, and then he sees like okay you don't know how to guard it, then everybody on the team just has a battery in their back. Like I, it's so weird. Basketball is such a game of runs that when a superstar is able to control a game like that, you're at his you're at his mercy. But first, the Lakers have to be able to score, and the three point shot is the first step. So. If they can't do that, then they will have a first-round exit. But I don't believe we'll see a first-round exit for the first time in LeBron's career. That'll be shocking, and the media will be all over it. I mean, hey, this year is weird, and we've seen a lot of weird things, so that that would not shock me at all. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I just, I just see, I just see too many like, I just see too many weaknesses that the Warriors kind of exploited. That I think Phoenix, Phoenix probably had their eye on this game, and they was like, "I right, bet, let's see what we can do with this." Um, of course, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they're gonna be key. Um, DeAndre Ayton, like DeAndre Ayton's gonna have to have a monster series. He's gonna have to be locked in all the time. And Phoenix Suns fans, because I follow a couple of them on Twitter, um, they've been really adamant on like DeAndre Ayton just like being locked in. Because when he's locked in, he is like really, really good. But when he's not and he's just like out there and going through the motions, then he he he, he then then there's gonna be a short series. And and they're also gonna need um contributions from like Bridges, Johnson, now Bridges Crowder, yeah. Campaign. Like they're gonna need the full the full tank. So 
definitely. But that's gonna be a great series just by just by of your, course the two teams alone. You're gonna see great and, basketball. And Phoenix has a huge home court advantage because they have like 10k plus fans in the oh, yeah, in the nice. arena. The so starting off on the road, even at, like the the Lakers' path to the finals this year is gonna be hard just by off of the lack of home court advantage. Yep. So, they're going to have to fight through that, and it starts early. It starts on, I think the playoffs start Sunday or Saturday, but their game, Saturday. Might, their game might be Sunday or something like yeah, that. Yeah, their game is Sunday, I believe. Word. Can't wait to see that, though. But Lakers, yep. Lakers in six. That's, that's my final thing. Let's move on to Clippers-Mavericks, a repeat of last year's first round, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> I got Clippers coming out of this. It don't really matter how many games. I just have them coming out of this. Clippers have been one of the best teams in the league all year. They've been on fire from three. Um, defense picked up towards the end of the season a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they've just been that that team. And I don't see the Mavericks being consistent enough to string enough um, victories to win. Like, it's just Luka and then, like, maybe Tim Hardaway and Porzingis give you something, but like I just don't see it. Did Porzingis get injured again this season. That's another reason why I didn't see him for most of this year. Yeah, he got hurt. He like hurt his ankle, but he came back towards the end of the season, played like five or six games um to close. But I'll say this about the Clippers though, but like the Clippers after their embarrassment of a season last season, um <laughs> they 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 looked at it and said three-point shooting is probably the answer because they have like five, I think they lead the league with five or six guys all in 40% shooting. Um, Starting with uh, Paul George, uh, Luke Kennard, um, Reggie Jackson, I think is hitting like 40% as well. Morris. Morris. uh, I forgot. um, What's the other guy? Shamit, maybe? No, Shamit's on Brooklyn. Shamit's on Nets. Yeah. There's somebody Um, else 40%. Kawhi. Kawhi shooting forty percent. I don't. I don't even know if that's. I don't right. know. I don't think he's shooting forty percent, but um, he's still shooting a pretty high percent. Yeah, like they've increased their their three point percentage. Um, in terms of yeah, they lead the uh, league in three point percentage, I believe, and value and volume. Like teams. yeah, like they're just chucking those up. Um, is that a is that a? It it doesn't seem sustainable to me in the playoffs because it yeah, changes. Because you got and you know fans is coming back too. So like, I don't know the Clippers. I don't want to pick them to lose because at the end of the day, <laughs> I respect them enough to get to their conference finals that I expected them to get to last. Yeah, season. he's shooting thirty nine percent, basically forty percent on the year. So why? Yeah. So yeah. So like I'm 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 not gonna say I'm not gonna be petty because that <laughs> that that's gonna be me being petty if I pick Dallas respectfully. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Clippers. Um. I want to see a more competitive series, as especially with Porzingis in the game from what we saw last season. But if you're going to rely on Luka's magic all the time, I don't know if that's – you got to give him some type of production, Porzingis. It's not sustainable. Like, like we saw like we saw most of this season, Luka was pulling games out of nowhere. And you're great, and you're averaging close to 30 in your second year – in the NBA, but bro, like you're facing against two of the the top perimeter players. And we said this last season, but you baked them. But I don't think like this year's Clippers, they're different. They, and plus they, there's the factor of home court now. Last year was yeah, the bubble. 
the whole and home court be putting batteries in people's backs. So yeah, like even all the role players, that's that they feed off that because they're 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 comfortable. Yup. Um, but something tells me uh, this is this is where we begin to see if Paul if Paul George is like that or not. And what I mean like that is. We all know pre pre injury where he broke his 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 leg, he was on his way to being top three to five player best players in the league in Indiana. But since that injury, it seems that in high pressure situations, he's no longer getting the job done. I don't know if that's more mental or if that's just physical and he's not getting it. But since that point. I don't want to make that an excuse for Paul George, but we haven't seen the same, how do, how do I put it, the same it factor. And I'm not saying he doesn't want it, but we're just not seeing what we saw against LeBron James in two straight Eastern Conference matchups that you took them to game seven and really had a chance to beat him. But Paul George, they Paul George and the Clippers have lived under the radar this season. Like the pressure hasn't been the attention and that's it. why I'm more confident in them because, like last year, they was doing all the chirping. They had all the lights yeah. on them. They still doing chirping. It's just the lights is dim, and they trying to hide away because they know once they go into media's eye again, it's gonna be enhanced expectations. And I guess they playing with house money because after last year, people just look at him like, "Prove it, bro!" Like, yeah, prove they it look that- at them as a joke now. Them in Milwaukee, they're, they, 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 they kind of like have a little less pressure on them maybe milwaukee there's a bit more because Giannis and like he decided to stay and like everybody was like why'd you stay blah 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 but yeah both those teams i see them as like teams that you know i would not be surprised if that's a potential finals matchup between those two honestly word um, i would not be surprised but clippers and uh i mean if you want to give me if i want to if i want to say how many games six is a safe one Six is always the safe one, but this this could, it could be over. it could be over in five if Kawhi and Paul George really come out and like you know what let's not play yeah, with like, our food today like they like exactly they weren't supposed to play with their food last season and they that that's what I feel like they did all playoffs and Ty Lue might might be like yo like okay like you guys can't play around you guys got to take this by the by the neck and just and just end it like yo like you this is the aspirations you want. Let's get this. Let's get this out the way. On to the next one. And I'm not saying Doc Rivers didn't do that for them last season, but mm-hmm. we. I know that Ty Lue is a guy that can tap into certain certain superstars' ego. He did it with LeBron. Not much people can can disrespect somebody who thinks they're the greatest of all time, and then have them prove their own coach wrong on the court. Like that's a thing yeah. he did. Like he challenged LeBron to like, "Yo, you're not you're not good enough in this area. Why are you not?" doing what you're supposed to be able to do as the best player and or debatably the greatest player of all time. You have yeah. that in your head. He's tapping into that for Paul George, hopefully Kawhi Leonard as well. And we'll see what it is. I see it in five games. Mm, okay. Um, And as we wrap up this episode, we finish off with the Nuggets and Blazers series. Hmm, that's going to be... Could we see the MVP in a first-round exit? Um, it's highly possible. Uh, in past years, Portland and Denver has given us great series to watch in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It'd be their third time facing each other in the past four to five years. 
Um, and I think both series were seven games. If I'm wrong, it's been this is the second time at least. Um, but I believe the the Joker is gonna is gonna edge this one out. Okay. I I'm a person that have religiously said that uh, Portland has peaked, and by peaked I mean getting to the Western Conference Final where they got swept by Golden State with no KD. I believe that is the yeah that was their peak. Because there was, there's no explanation for you to be up 15 in four straight games in the third quarter, and you lose. You you have to be able to close games, and Portland with with it being Dame time, they're just some way. Like I I know it was Steph and it was Golden State, like the aura around him. You can't blame him for losing, but I can blame you for not bringing it home at least one or two times when you're up 15. Yeah. Um, Will I will this be another precursor to that? I hope not for Dame. He has to show out because he really is riding that loyal train that I'm gonna stick with the team that drafted me. But at some point, bro, if like if Jokic beats you with him being the lone superstar on that team, yes, you have CJ. Yes, he has Aaron Gordon and and other guys that can put up shots and buckets. But let's get it like like I said before, it's really Jokic running the show. You gotta be MP, able to. MPJ yeah. could have a coming out party this series. Oh uh, yeah, he can have a like coming Denver, out party. Denver. I mean, Portland has no defenders really. Facts like they're they're last in defense, I believe, in the whole league. Like I believe that's yeah. what they missed out as. So I don't see Portland bringing this out, and then this is where we're gonna see a possible question for Dame Lillard. Like, are you really gonna stay on this Portland team and get first round exit or third, second round exits? And never make it back to a conference finals again. Like that can really happen. Never make it back after going one time. But I got Jokic. I got Jokic coming out. That's gonna be. I'm gonna call it seven. Another seven game series between Portland and Denver, just because that's yeah. the vibe they always give us. And Denver will have lapses. They they they're known to have games where they let the lead go. So, mm-hmm. and then of course Dame time, but. It just won't be his time this time because I don't see it, bro. Like this, they really, I don't see any more progression from them. I don't want to sound like a hater, but it's either injuries to Nurkic or their big man, or they just don't have enough scorers. I like the addition of Melo coming off the bench. He has, you know, lived through that six man role and all that, but it's bye-bye. Get him out of here. Seven games. Thanks for, thanks for coming. But yeah, (laughs) we have a possible MVP on our squad. Yeah, I I got I got to go in seven, but I I I have to see the first game first. That's the vibe I'm getting from this. Yeah, because it, it could really go either way, just based off who gets hot or who has better production. But I don't know. Yeah, with Jokic, with Jokic being an MVP finalist, I I must put respect on it. And seeing the the uh, the uh, resume of Portland, I can't I can't. They they have nothing to to go back on. Like it's been the same thing every year to light up the regular season a little bit depending on where they fall in the in the in the seedings they may or may not get out the first or second round and after that it's, a, it's just like you you might run into the better team so and you don't have enough facts facts so as we wrap up sway let the people know where they can find you oh man you can find me uh sway reporting live is the instagram page Facebook page and you uh personal Wayne Hendrick wise uh no I wise um 
man. If you if you like basketball talk, holla at me. You do football as well. And it's gonna be a great playoffs, man. No doubt. Um, and as you know, as always, check out the links in the description, links to the podcast website. And I am over at the Strickland a Knicks website. Um, I'm working on some things over there, so um, definitely check that out. There will be a link there as well. Just doing some great Knicks content with people over there, so definitely check that out. And we'll catch you next week.